Welcome back to the Guildhall School Events Podcast Series. Today we have long-time collaborator and Guildhall professor Ian Burnside in the studio, and we're talking about Drums and Guns, which is Ian's new devised piece at the Guildhall School in March 2016. So, Ian, welcome. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be back. Um, Ian, what inspired you to devise Drums and Guns? What's it all about? Uh, It's really about conflict, responses to conflict in poetry and music. It's, broadly speaking, a piece about the songs that soldiers sing when they go off to fight in wars and the songs sung by the women they leave behind, whether they are mothers, wives, girlfriends, daughters, um, the carnage on both sides. It's sort of based on two different sort of things, isn't it? On the, well, there are two hooks that we're hanging, hanging this on. One is the, the ongoing 1914-18 um, anniversary, and the other is rather more topical, uh, commemorating the 100th anniversary of the 1916 um, uprising in Dublin. Okay, and you need to find parallels between those two things to interweave them, or is it sort of in two segments? It's in more than two segments. It's in several segments, because this is a, this is a three-way collaboration between the Guildhall School, the Royal Irish Academy in Dublin, and the Juilliard School in New York. So the piece moves kind of in chapters, and as you might imagine, we have a UK-based chapter, an Irish chapter, and an American chapter. It's a bit more fluid than that, and we don't, we don't, uh, we don't flag up. Now is the Irish bit, um, because the whole piece moves, I hope, a bit more seamlessly than that. But that is the intention, that, that we shine a spotlight in each of the three contributing nations, if you like. Okay. And how did that uh, collaboration uh, come together? I'm afraid that the answer is me, 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 darling. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I hold a position in Dublin where I'm a visiting international artist, which sounds very grand. Gosh. That means I go over there a couple of times a year and shout at them. <laughs> and uh, last year, we did a collaboration between the Irish Academy in Dublin and Juilliard School in New York. A completely different programme, completely different idea. Uh, but that went very well and it was a very happy experience. And on the back of that, it somehow evolved quite organically that the Guildhall would be involved and it turned into a three-way project, uh, which has been administratively, let me try and say that, quite a challenge, but I think we're going to get there in the end. We have to put it together in a double-quick time from the moment that the three lots of students meet one another to the opening show is four days so uh, there's no slack in this at all, and so we have to stage it not too fussily, um, and everyone has to turn up knowing their stuff, and then we microwave it, and off we go. So you have a four-day turnaround between everybody just meeting each other for the first Saying time. Saying hello, yeah, my name and is X. performing together. Yeah, with choreographed numbers and... So how, All bells and whistles. So does that mean you have to sort of limit the amount that you choreograph different groups of people together? Well, this is where the wonderful Victoria Newland comes in, who's our movement director. Um, well, the Dublin, the Dublin team has done some of this before because we did a kind of dummy run before Christmas in Dublin, which was partly an audition process to find who we wanted from Dublin. So they, they know the ropes a bit, and I think Victoria's going to send out a kind of Jane Fonda dance video uh, to everyone else to give them a heads up. But it's a huge challenge. Uh, anyway, that's part of the fun. It's meant to be testing, and it will be, and I, I'm, you know, no pain, no gain. And do you see um, that each different institution contribu- uh, contributing something unique to, to the collaboration? Well, not intentionally, but, but you know, the, one of the fascinating things about this is that is a, 
in the nicest possible way a compare and contrast angle. I mean, I think last the, the last time when we had the Irish and the American uh, students, the Americans, I don't think I'll be treading in any toes by saying this, the Juilliard students were more advanced vocally than the Dublin ones, but the Dublin students all brought a different dramatic quality and a different sort of earthiness and a different awareness of text. So um, it, it worked out extremely well. And I was a little afraid last time that it would all be terribly competitive and that people would be looking over their shoulders and thinking, oh, her high notes are better than my high notes. And it didn't work like that at all. Everyone just rubbed along and got on with it. Um, it must be quite nice to, to know that you're working with you know, your counterparts in a, from a different country sure. to produce one show. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's a unique thing. And I, 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 there's no reason why it shouldn't be uh, very happy families. It certainly was last time. We, we put the show together in Dublin and we do two performances there and we bring it then here to Milton Court for two shows. So um, it's also kind of fun for the people who haven't had the Dublin experience to get that before because it's a crazy city and <laughs> very different from London. The Academy is in a sort of Georgian building so it couldn't be more different from here. And, um, you, know, you know, it's just a change of landscape for all the students. And I, I, think, I think our Guildhall four, because there's four, three singers and a pianist going over from here, I, I see no reason why they shouldn't have a great time. And we'll do some tourism with them too. They'll have time to go look at the Book of Kells and Trinity College and see where James Joyce lived and all that kind of stuff. So, where Oscar Wilde was born. It's all part of the fun. Oh, there we go. Um, Pints great, of Guinness. Great experience. That. Oh, yeah. Only, only responsibly, of course. And, and who are the Guildhall students that are actually performing in this? We have the soprano Claire Lees, the mezzo Felicity Turner, the baritone Rick Svart, and the pianist Michelle Santiago. So you're co-directing this piece? I am indeed. I'm sharing that onerous responsibility with my Dublin colleague Conor Hanratty, who unlike me is a proper theatre director. I'm just pretending to be one. And uh, we also have Victoria Newland doing movement. So we're a very happy troika. Uh, we've done it once already in Dublin with just Irish students. And uh, we managed to get on without anyone killing one another. So um, there's no reason why it shouldn't be a very happy team moving forward. Connor's terrific. Um, so it's, um, it's designed by uh, Sonny Smith. Yes. And Duncan Coombe is lighting designer. So in terms of the sort of the technical theatre aspect, yes. do you have one team also, a collaborative team between the institutions? No, no is Guildhall that, is doing all of that. Guildhall's doing all of that. Um, because, uh, because they are. <laughs> because Dublin doesn't offer that. They don't have that within their remit. They're a school of music, not of drama. Uh, and so, rather wonderfully, uh, we have this technical theatre team coming over. Um, Sonny is designing it, and um, we're working on that at the moment, so it's very exciting. And, and is there any scenery that you need to ship over to New York yes, and stuff like that? Yes, there is. Uh, scenery, uh, scenery is maybe not the exact word we would choose, but I think we're looking at various um, banners that will hang, uh, because, of course, part of her design challenges is to have something which can go in a suitcase. <laughs> and that's the whole. <laughs> that's the whole thing in a in a suitcase. Well, maybe a couple of suitcases. Maybe a couple of suitcases, exactly. Uh, but it has to be transportable and very quickly installable because when we get to New York, I think our get-in time is about twenty minutes, basically. So it has to just be able to go up, boom, and then we do the show. We've got very very little time in the venue in New York, um, so. Presumably, you can you can send the lighting states across earlier, and they can queue them up. 
Uh, that is such a long story I'm not going to go into it now. <laughs> if only it was so simple. Uh, okay, all right. Well, let's leave that one. Um, the, um, th- this sort of piece, I mean, it's based on stuff that happened a hundred years ago. So how do you, how do, you do your research when, you're, when you've come to, to written this? And do you, do you take, has it got particular characters based on real people? Or are no, they, are they all it doesn't work that way. It, it, um, we, have, we have a total of... Um, nine singers and three pianists on stage and they go as it were in and out of different characters they um someone will stand up and do a poem as a certain person not even a named person but it'll clearly be someone in a certain historical context and you you get very quickly from the way the piece works that when they crop up in the next song they're not being that same person so they they go in and out of different different historical periods in different contexts and I think once it, it takes about two minutes to to work out that that's the game we're going to be playing and once the audience have taken that step I think they're very flexible with it and presumably you've had to listen to a lot of the uh, the, the sheet music you listen to sheet music uh, <laughs> you've had to delve into the archives and, and see what all of those folk folky songs were from 100 years ago yes it? well we don't have to leave that many folk songs but we have a couple of music hall numbers and uh, because we don't want it all to be gloom and doom and um, yeah different songs and different poems I mean it's basically a pretext for me to go to foils and spend a ridiculous amount of money buying poetry books researching the text side of this is is kind of the most fun of all because quite a lot of the quite a lot of the um, music I know already and have worked with in you know wearing my pianist hat um, whereas the poetry particularly the Irish poetry there's, there's such a rich seam that uh, we've got more Irish poems than we have music um, because there's, there, again there's a huge wealth in that side but but reading all that up and, and mugging up a bit of history has been a great joy I mean that's that that's a great pleasure to do really and it's, it's great that you've come in for this podcast because I know it's um, good training for you because uh, you're going to be featuring on in tune on Yes, we're all going into in tune in the 11th of March, yes, into Radio 3. And uh, we haven't quite worked out who's going to do what yet, but I'm sure we'll give them something tasty. You'll do a little uh, little bit of it, won't you, in, 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 the, in the interview? Will you do a bit of performing? As I, I won't. Oh, the, not, the, not the students. No, the certainly students. not me, the students. Oh, yeah, you bet. That's what they're going in for. They'll do some chat as well, but, yeah, they'll basically be there to sing. You can hear a little bit of a taster if you listen to Intune on the 11th of March. Definitely. Well, Ian, thanks so much and um, we really look forward to seeing you, uh, not you perform. You're not going to perform. God forbid. You You would not want me in the stage. students. And students from Juilliard and Royal Irish Academy. Drums and Guns by Ian Burnside takes place on the 12th and 13th of March in Mills Court Theatre. You can buy tickets from the Barbican box office in person, over the phone or online at gsmd.ac.uk.